So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. I don't even know what to call this because there's so much to talk about, but I'll start with saying I am Matt, and joining me this week as he has all season and seasons before is my co-host Hunter. Matt, this is, like you said, we don't even know what to call it. I guess this is HHN32 full announcement dump. I like... (laughs) <laughs> dump okay that's a good word dump i yeah. i started making the graphic and i put some um like filler text in i call it the big drop oh but the thing that keeps coming back to me that we're gonna talk about is this is the end of these this is i i can't think of a weirder um announcement season that we've had it's so strange to start off last year yeah get two properties get their like solo day. Yeah. And then now I'm not adverse to everything dropping the rest dropping another day. Okay, that's fine. But it was such a weird drop because it was Exorcist yeah. and Universal Monsters and then everything else intertwined in there. So it's it's like even today was segmented, which is that's a first for me. Yeah. I don't remember there being isolated announcements within the full reveal. Yeah. So this has been a weird <laughs> season, and we Ooh, got a piece lot of candy. to talk about. Ooh, piece yeah, of candy. Yeah. Um, that's, oh, that's a full-size bar. Oh, <laughs> and another piece of candy. <laughs> that's, yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely going to have to talk about that a little bit, because as far as I can tell, this is not only the earliest we've gotten the full yep. lineup, it's also the first drop of this style. We're used to getting the originals drop together right. or, yeah. you know, a, a various mismatch. Sometimes you get the weird one where like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Bride of Frankenstein Lives were announced together, but nothing ever quite like this. And I just can't help but wonder, it it feels like they ran out of time and it was a holy crap, we got to get this stuff out. See, I thought that was, that was my very first thought as well until I looked at Gary's spreadsheet and saw that this was at least the spreadsheet he could show on the screen. I know he's it's longer than it is, but this is like the the quickest, I mean, the earliest reveal we've had by about two weeks. Yeah. So my second thought was it's like, I still think they're running out of time, which I think you're right. But it also seems like at this point, like we made a joke last episode that the leaks inside Universal for Halloween Horror Nights is worse than a screen door in a submarine. It almost <laughs> seems like like it's not they didn't give up, but it's like just a countermeasure. I'm like, here's everything for sure at yeah. this point. The closest thing we've gotten for sure was HHN 27, where we kind of got a couple of the IPs. We got kind of like the theme mm-hmm. um, of the the event told early, but that year the big trouble was. Volcano Bay was opening and a yeah. lot was focused on Volcano Bay and it makes me wonder Universal's got their hands in <laughs> several different pots at this time whether it's Epic Universe whether it's the new Minion Land that just opened up whether it's all these other things I frankly feel that 
HHN kind of unfortunately had to take a little bit of a backseat in a lot of ways. Yeah. Now is is the Minion Ride officially officially open? It opens, I think, in about two weeks. Okay, because this is like Tron. Like yeah. like where it's like it wasn't open, but yet the entire state already wrote it before yeah. it was open. That's what Minions is becoming like now. It's been running usually from about nine thirty AM to about four PM every okay. day. So that's almost the entire run of the park day at this point. Yeah, almost. pretty much. The the actual land is fully open, the sweet shop, the yeah. Minion Cafe. Cafe which, has been open for a little while now, right? Yeah, yeah, which we don't talk about the cafe. It replaced Monsters <laughs> Cafe. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. We it. still can't I acknowledge that. Um, See, I'm still not upset about that because I know we're getting something bigger and better. So I'm not, I'm okay with that. Look, you got to trade sometimes, yeah. right? But <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. I'm glad you brought that up because that is a good point. But despite all of this, despite the weirdness and them doing the one thing I did not want them to do, which was drop everything on the same date. I, I didn't even expect it. This was, this is, I, I haven't even talked to you about this. Um, I, I got the email, the, the, oh, uh, press release and just looking at it on my phone the first thing i saw was exorcist and i stopped there i was i was working so i was like okay okay that's the exorcist what, yeah. exorcist what the believer believer okay keep on calling it the return i don't know why but exorcist the believer is like okay that's what it's about and then you you text me not long after that saying you want to record it's a big one i'm like oh what else happens i went to twitter second thing i saw was universal monsters and i was yeah. like oh okay yeah it's pretty big we need to talk about those two Diving into that Twitter post, I saw first I saw the scare zones. And I'm like, oh, they released the scare zones. Yeah. And then diving in, finally opening the email and having to scroll down 18 screens worth of text on my phone, I yeah. saw that everything was finally revealed. I had no, like it, it was over a course of 20 minutes that I learned what actually happened this morning. Yeah. It, it felt like the social media equivalent of that GIF. From the movie, of course, but that gif of Rambo with the turret yeah, gun, yeah. like that's kind of how I felt today. And uh, I, I guess what I was saying beforehand, this is something that I'm not a big fan of. Hopefully they don't continue that going forward. I would rather them do either commit to doing the full drop at once. It doesn't even have to be at midnight at all, mm. um, but commit to doing the full drop at once or give us periodic. But on the other hand, for us, for me and you and you know, all of our friends and podcast and blog yeah. land and everything like that. This does make our jobs easier. <laughs> it does. I was actually, I'm kind of happy about that. Cause I, I was thinking that. like, what if we had to get together every night this week? To yeah, talk? We, we would have just waited until they were done anyways, most yep. likely. Yep. And honestly, it's like the, the two and the two, like I was talking about when the opening of the show, the two that got isolated were the two that you would expect in this list to get their own release day. So yeah. Yeah. Very strange, but I mean, I'm happy. Now, we've been talking about how this was announced. We haven't talked about what's announced. We've got a, a huge list to go through. We got to talk about what? I don't even know how many houses. A lot of houses. Yeah. Five scare zones. And I guess we're going to probably start off with a show, which that actually kind of upsets me that I'm saying show. I'm not saying plural because yeah. the thing that's lacking, and I kind of got the feeling the last time we talked about this particular area doesn't sound like we're getting a lagoon show back or that there's going to be a lagoon presence in that park for anything for a while they, they still yeah. haven't done anything for the regular park have they no i don't think yeah i didn't think so no it's down um it looks like the lagoon show and the parade um that that we're looking at uh or at least rumored is a little while out yet. yeah but yes we are looking at a show returning um which is nightmare <laughs> fuel revenge dream so 
if you went to 30 and you went to 31, you know that those were the same shows. Yes. Uh, Nightmare yes. Fuel, Wildfire. We did get confirmation. This is a, a new dreamer, as they're calling it. So a new main character I, and presumably new bits. I was going to say, I would say assume, but presume is the same thing just by the name that it's going to be a different something story, yeah. even if they just swap out the, because there's like, I don't know what you would call them, like circus stunts. I don't know what the right word is. <laughs> right, right. Even if they switch those out for something different, at least it'll be different this time. If I see it, if the line is still insane, <laughs> like it's been last year, I might miss this completely. <laughs> I did see it. I did see it once. Yeah. Last year. And those damn carnies in their circus stunts. And about four minutes into it, I realized it was the same show. I'm like, I'm very hot. I stood in a very hot line. Why am I doing this? I'm like, yeah. oh, wait. This, my friend didn't see it last year. Okay. <laughs> and it's a cool show. But yeah, I, I think that was the first time, at least in the modern HHN era, that they've just recycled a show like exactly, that. Exactly, right. So a yes. lot of us were yeah. very kind of not put off, but we just did not make time for it unless... We were in a situation like yourself. Yeah. This will definitely give us motivation to go back and check out the new thing. Right. And hopefully those two years that they got to work on the original one, they've got some new tricks up their sleeve. Right. I'm excited yeah. to see what yeah, this will be. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll see it. It's it's. It, I enjoyed it. It's just like I said, it was once I realized it was a the same one, there was no hurry back. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing something new. Much shows, man, even... I used to love Bill and Ted like everybody else, but even the the end years of Bill and Ted shows were never my first go to. Anyway, it's always just something to sit down and I, I would say have a beer, but I don't remember what year that turned around where I had a beer while I was sitting in the stands, finished it before the show went, and then needed a bathroom worse than I needed anything <laughs> in my life. And I missed like the entire show because all I could think about is how fast can I get to the bathroom when this is over. Sure. You're, you could do a new equivalent of that. You could go eat Taco Bell or Burger King before going to your screening of Oppenheimer. Okay. And <laughs> it's, it's a much grander event. I thought you were going to say, don't drink anything for the first hour in the park. That way you're sitting there realizing how parched you are. And all you can think about is getting a beer when the show's over. That's right. Run over to Finnegan's. Run over the the the... <laughs> <laughs> the water fountain at the Jaws bathroom <laughs> that tastes like pure chlorine and is yeah. warm. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia here. Yeah. Um, I want to bring up this because this okay. is exciting. And we did get confirmation, of course, that the HHN Tribute Store is coming back. Yep. And what's neat is this is McPherson's Comics and Collectibles. So we got a rumor for this in the Jurassic Park Tribute Store a couple days ago. And what I immediately noticed upon looking at that is that it's based on the whole visual element of it is based on the EC comics of old, which is something that excites me. Yeah. So cool. in this announcement, we got confirmation. It says we can enter a New York city. So presuming it's running, returning to New York city for the tribute store. It's been in Hollywood. If you've missed the most recent ones, like the JP tribute store. Okay, I see what you're talking. Yeah, it took me a second. <laughs> yeah, but enter a mysterious yeah. New York City comic book store and experience the tribute to stare, or excuse me, tribute to terror by stepping into the pages of this original terrifying horror comic book. I think that is so cool. That'd be cool. Yes. We talk about how much we love the ultraviolet comics, or right. you know, like the Alice in Wonderland uh, house that they had at mm -hmm. 25. Forgive me. Give me the name real quick. Oh. um... Asylum in Wonderland? Asylum oh, okay. in Wonderland. It's yeah, like you there were we so go. close, I thought you said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I messed up. And the in-between, in which is something we bring up every for you. time yeah. as we d d defend. That, that is my sole defense for 3D houses, is in-between. 
they do the comics so well. And it's funny you mentioned that because on my wish list and my notes here, I was like, I think 3D houses are dead. But imagine if we did have like 3D sections of this tribute store, okay, like yeah, a mural yeah. or a wall portion <laughs> or something. Even a 3D shirt mm-hmm. would be incredibly cool. So I'm just, if you know me, you know I love easy comics and everything. More news on that eventually. Um, <laughs> this just is a really exciting idea, and, and I'm excited to see it all come together. We'll have to discuss that 3D houses is dead idea sometime, because I'm probably not going to argue against it, and I was always the biggest defender of 3D houses. In fact, when we did a, I think it was 20-year with Fear Presents... No, not 20 years. We did Fear Presents, like HHN something. I think my I put up a huge fight for 3D representation, but lots changed since then, just in the idea of what they've done inside houses since then, Yeah, and the amount of people that go to these houses, and the amount of how actually slow those things are because of those damn glasses. But that's a conversation we'll have some other time, I think. Yeah, that's fair. It was always like... 3D houses, with the exception of the in-between, it was always like, we can't do something too cool. Yeah. We can't pull in <laughs> too many people for these. So um, we did get some news out in CityWalk that the Dead Coconut Club will be returning okay. this year. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, we did get a couple of um, we, we got a couple of ideas as far as what we can expect for food and beverage. For instance, there's the Bloody Campground Poutine, which ties into the Yeti's house. There is El Pastor Torta. And this is what I'm most excited about, Matt. Dude, sour apple pie funnel fries. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Right? Sweet tooth the size of Gibraltar? Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. No, no uh, candy glazed pork uh, <laughs> belly or whatever that was that one year? I don't think they're returning with the rock hard <laughs> slab of fat that, that was, was a, frozen that was, cold. That was the disappointing <laughs> part of it is that how that was. I didn't realize it was when they said candy, they meant candied. It was. It was like it was rough. First, it would break your teeth, and then what your it didn't break of your teeth would cut your mouth to ribbons. <laughs> when I met up right after you had ate it, you looked like one of those rock monsters, just crystals <laughs> jetting out of your mouth. Yeah, the frustrating part was it was good, but I couldn't have another one because I survived the first one and thought I was already gambling. <laughs> and then a final piece of news. This is interesting. I I'm I'm curious how this is going to turn out for them, but they announced a new thing coming this year. No scare actor dining was announced. Mm. Instead, they're talking about doing a Taste of Terror event. This is going to run from August 10th through August 26th. And what it is, it's basically going to be a buffet of some of the items that you can have at Halloween Horror Nights this year. So for that about two-week period, you can go try the food early. The only reason I'm not doing it is I think the cost is a little high. high. It's 160 minus tax for one person. That's a little rich for me personally, but if you are somebody that loves the food and wants to try it early and maybe help kind of shape the event, because I imagine they're getting feedback on your items, then this is pretty cool. Go check out the first ever HHN Food Festival. Yeah, I saw the price. If I didn't already buy my ticket, it might be a little more tempting, but yeah, that's tough. That's all I've got as far as the ancillary stuff. Was there anything else that you... Really wanted to hit. They did a preview of um, kind of the the main theme merch, which is completely different than anything I've seen in the past few years. With that, it actually look, kind of looks like a uh, um, a I can't think of the name now. Um, shit, <laughs> I love this uh, Motorhead tour shirt oh, design. Okay. It's, a, <laughs> it's it's a red and black aesthetic, but never 
done in this style. Yeah, and it's it's the leaning back screaming skull, which you've seen on a thousand metal biker yeah. whatnot things. It's very different. I like it. Um, I, it, it, I'll have to see what it's on. Yeah. I mean, the backpack is the only thing that's pretty clear. I'm assuming the other thing might be a t-shirt. It might even be a poster. But if it's on the back of a t-shirt and you got something on the like the breast pocket, I might be all in on that. But I'll have to see. It's different. Not what I would not what I expected. Way big departure from the past couple of years. Yeah, it does have a little bit of that. Uh, forgive me if you're not into this, but it's got a little bit of that hot topics aesthetic to it. I think. <sighs> yeah, for me. I guess it does. Yeah, I and, can see um, that. That style is very in right now. If you go to like the Halloween hobby stores, um, the craft stores and stuff that keep this sort of thing in stock, this style is very uh, prevalent. So I know it's very popular. I'm just excited to see what the full merch lineup ends up looking like. Matt, we've really got to talk before we can get into scare zones, before we can get into houses, we've got to talk about what looks like uh, we actually have an HHN icon this year. And a really <laughs> don't, big surprise. That, yeah. Well, yes. And yes. And well, it all depends on <laughs> how much you took into the rumors. But this is, I. that's one of the few things I tweeted. I think I tweeted more today collectively than I have the rest of the year. Yeah. And that was you, only three tweets. You enjoying X? You yes, having a blast on X? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you X in now? <laughs> it's only uh, only been three, three messages I've sent. I don't even want to call them. Um, three X's. Um, but one was that I've been waiting for some odd fellow content for literally like about two decades now since yeah. since ten when the backstory is written for Jack. Yeah, he's been. We're gonna try to get that back up for you folks because even though I was not part of it, it's something I've revisited every year. Is y'all's HHN icon lookbacks mm-hmm. and the Jack the Clown episode that y'all did is really the most definitive backstory of Jack that I've personally come across, okay. and I think it's great. And Oddfellow is a huge part of that. I say Oddfellow is probably a third of that episode, even yeah. though it's the Jack the Clown episode. They are going fully in on Oddfellow, and I think that's what's so interesting is that it's not a brand new icon. It's something that we have a connection to, mm-hmm. and especially we not only have that connection, he is directly tied to the face of Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, yeah. And that is crazy because he's almost... I give them credit. They're almost trying the fear thing again, where Dr. Oddfellow is kind of the supreme being. Okay, now. right. Um, so we're getting backstory, and I do encourage you guys, after you finish listening to this, go and listen to the Universal uh, podcast, which has a lot of backstory for Dr. Oddfellow that we're getting for the first time. But every single scare zone this year ties into Oddfellow. What I like about that, from what I'm reading, now granted, we, we barely even get a paragraph of description. You're saying, um, there, there's two things I really like about this. Mm-hmm. One, it looks like it's being built off the story that we do know, which is not super extensive. It's yeah. like our Jack the Clown episode, I think, is like an hour long, maybe an hour and a half, and a third of it's about Oddfellow. So that's not a whole lot of stuff, <laughs> yeah. but it's still enough to build this off of. So I think it's a really good nod to, not even a nod, just a really good addition to the lore for people that know what this is already, but it's also enough information or enough story, period, that you don't have to know that lore going into this. You're going to learn it as you go, and not only are you going to learn it, but the people that already know where this is going from are going to get far more new than old stuff on it. Anyway, I really love how they're getting this part of the story told from what I can see. Descriptions don't always match the product, as we know, but from what I see, it looks like it's gonna. I feel like the addition of this lore has me the most excited for the event in a while that I've been, Uh as far as just 
general excitement. I think yeah. this is so cool that we're going to talk about the scare zones in just a second, but he's integrated in even a more overt way than Lady Luck was and has his hands in everything. And the backstory of Dr. Oddfellow, long and short of it is, you know, he's the the carnival, the the circus leader. Yeah. Um, Jack was part of that. Full backstory available for you on neozaz.com <laughs> or in this very feed. But he is the one that actually kills Jack the Clown. Right. And as we found out through this new information that we're getting today, he is also the reason that Jack the Clown is immortal. So that's cool because during their fight, Jack absorbs some of Dr. Oddfellow's blood and that makes him immortal. Yeah. So Dr. Oddfellow is kind of like he is an individual that loves causing havoc and panic and, and all those fun rhyming words like that. <laughs> and he's kind of there. Attic. He loves, making, he loves the, the attic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's the big showman behind the scenes of all of this. And uh, we're going to talk about these scare zones, but even the scare zones, they take place in a thematic order. It's the beginning of Oddfellow's story up through his current version, and it's an ever-revolving circle. Right. And okay. I think that's so cool. And that is not, cool. Not only yeah. that, he also has a house, so he gets the icon <laughs> house, which is more than Lady Lake, uh, Lady Lake, Lady, 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 Lady Lake. Luck can say. Um, yeah, the only time she's ever been in a house was Icons two years ago. Yeah, that's the first time she, there's actually been a Lady Luck yeah. room of any kind. And that's I don't bring that up because obviously we love Lady Luck and we love HHN Twenty One, but this is the the days of the Icon era are past. But this is as close to an icon as you're going to get, and I think he meets the qualifications to be considered as one. Yeah, I think it's that's what is, uh, even if there's not an official acknowledgement of it, and there, the, the, this has happened before with other years. There's not necessarily been an official acknowledgement of an icon, but the the the, the event ends up creating one out sure. of what's going on and i th i actually think that's already happened yeah. personally and i think that's not going to be a hard stretch for a lot of people and Are, a lot of people that have whether you were there in the years of the origins of jack the clown or not and be, become a fan of the lore you know oddfell this is a huge huge thing for a lot of people including myself this might even get quint's interest to an extent yeah. maybe not no well, we'll see i don't know he's he's doing some different things now that are important to him but you know if that Having this, putting in this head now, and then having two full months of all of a sudden, you know, work, yeah. is there's a break, he might slip down. You never know. You know, I'm never, not going to say never. <laughs> no, totally. And that is something that, uh, once again, just real quick, definitely check out those Universal episodes. I don't want to spoil anything for right. you, but, you know, there are spoilers in this. They have confirmed that we are going to see the origin of Jack in oh, this okay, gotcha. house. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I think yeah. is incredibly cool. Yeah. Who knows if we will actually There's, see a physical embodiment of Jack, but he is incorporated in the storyline of that house. Yeah. That'll be fun because most of the story that the, the story of Oddfellow that we told, it's not even like that we shared, I should say. We told a story that already existed. We didn't make any of it up. Plays out like a sequential story that you could move from one room to another room. And this could be what they base this on. I'm very curious to see how much is taken from the existing lore and put into this house. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is going to be crazy. And especially <laughs> if they can pull it off, that's the thing. First of all, yeah, oh, they, I'm glad you said that <laughs> they get, they get major points for even trying something yeah. like this. 
but if they pull it off, like this is going to be crazy. Like who knows what we're going to be saying about HHN 32 in about three months. Yeah. We'll see. That's I'm glad you said that because without, we haven't done the really talked about what it was, is here yet, but he has also, he also has a scare zone named after him. His hands are in all scare zones, but there's one directly named after him. And it sounds like it's basically the freak show that he, or sideshow, I guess mm-hmm. is a better way to say it now that starts off his story. Yep. That, between the two right now, and I think it's all has to do with my trepidation of can they and will they pull it off and what story are they going to do? I'm more excited about the scare zone right now than the house. I'm excited about both, but I'm more excited about the scare zone. Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about Dr. Ed Fellows. Dr. Uh, Dr. Fellows. Dr. Odd Fellows. <laughs> I'm drunk. Dr. Odd Fellows. <laughs> Dr. Odd Fellows Collection of Horror. Yes, yes. That is going to be the opening scare zone, presumably the Avenue of the Stars zone this year. <sighs> that's unfortunate. Yes, it is. But well, uh, that's not true. I take that back because if it is a sideshow theme, it can be done. I, I, there's been some good stage stuff there before. Yeah. There's been some bad stuff, but there's been some good stuff. Yeah. So with that, um, that is going to be the introductory scare zone, unless you go to the right, which we'll talk yeah. about that in a second. <laughs> but this scare zone, the collection of horror, I think it's exactly what you're describing. Freak show aesthetic, whether that's Todd Browning's like freaks, I expect maybe a little bit of that expressionism like Dr. Caligari kind of incorporation in there. And he is welcoming us to HHN 32. These are his oddities that he's greeting us into with this park and having, if he can actually pull him off where he's doing the ringleader thing where he's, you know, pulling us into the show. Okay. I misunderstood something. What's on that? What's what's at the entrance? That should be Dr. Oddfellow's collection of horror. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, we said, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You said if we go to the right, that's something else we're going to talk about in a minute. We're going to talk sorry, about Sorry. Sorry. I took a right in my head. Okay. You're fine. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, that would be cool. Like that stage area where, um, uh, the, the, the fake pumpkin Lord, that's what I call it from last year. You could do a, do a Barker type thing there too. Yeah, for and, sure. You could do a lot. There's a lot you can do that could be good. And so, for those of you like me that was initially like, oh man, but it's going to be in that whole minion land yeah. now. <laughs> we had Shrek for years. We'll get That's over true, it. Yeah. Once it's in the dark, it's fine. Yeah. But if we do go right. Hey, you bounce. Hey, think of it this way. You bounce a red light off, off a minion. You got some nice orange glow. Very Halloween. There you go. I like it. <laughs> so, if you do go right, you are going to cower in fear as the signs of the Zodiac come to life. And Dark Zodiac where Dr. Oddfellow uses his power to transform the Zodiac signs into horrifying horoscope creatures. Matt, this zone has been rumored for a long time that they wanted to do a Zodiac-themed scare zone. The podcast also confirms this is using different elemental beings and it's incorporating things like uh, Tarot and everything like that. So just a spiritual zone and something what I'm going to imagine is very similar to possibly like Seven is what I'm guessing. Okay. They did say on the podcast that all of the horoscope will be represented in this zone. So I'm Sagittarius. Can't wait. To see Can't wait. <laughs> I'm Sagittarius as well. For you Scorpios, <laughs> that's surely going to be terrifying. Yeah. You uh, Libras, look out. Yeah. Isn't that like, a scale? <laughs> <laughs> just a Weight Watcher sign. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, <laughs> but this one, this yeah. one, I'll tell you without getting into our initial hype list, this is the one I'm most. I don't know about because like if it's a loose interpretation, 
it might be next to nothing. If it's too much of an interpretation, it might look awkward. Sure. It's, it's that balance, which they're able to do. I mean, I have no doubt they can do it. I just am waiting to see what that balance point is for this. And to that, I'll say, Matt, like, I understand your point. Hollywood has had some really great zones mm-hmm. in the last few years, especially last year with Graveyard. I just really think they're going to pull it off. I They've earned my faith in that section of yeah. the park, to be honest. This, like I said, I don't know. I'm not disappointed or worried. I just don't know. That's, yeah. so that's, which I think is a more positive thing than saying I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. Matt, when you did this, these uh, history episodes several uh-huh. years ago... Did you ever think you'd be talking about Jungle of Doom no. from HHN 13 again? <laughs> no. <laughs> because Jungle of Doom, Expedition Horror. You're going to venture into the Jungle of Doom where Dr. Oddfellow's twisted and bizarre experiments combine elements of nature and animals to create vicious jungle creatures looking to satisfy their cravings. Supposedly, this is the start of Dr. Oddfellow. Okay. So this, right. this takes place in... The 1920s, it's a 1920s jungle expedition, and there he's found a mystical skull. And the mystical skull is where everything starts. Okay. Is it the Amulet of Fear, by chance? I don't think it's an Amulet. Lord knows they've got plenty of those. Yeah, I was going to say, they have endless amounts of props if they want to do that. Yeah. This is a cool one because one of my big missed houses, like maybe at some point we'll talk about the houses that were planned that didn't happen Mm -hmm. or were adjusted for some reason. It was the Aztec jungle house that was rumored for HHN 22. And that okay. was supposed to go where Transformers slash Xena was. Okay. And right. that ended up becoming the dead exposure version of Universal Monsters when they put that in the parade building for the first time. <laughs> but jungle aesthetic works for me. I am completely in on vines and dirty. I'm assuming this is going to be in that park area, right? Central park. Yeah, that's that. that if you didn't put that there, what are you doing? <laughs> and the reason we know that without a doubt is you can actually go see the stone ruins okay. outside That's of Mel's at this gotcha. point. Okay. So, oh, okay. Okay. Is that where they're? I've seen pictures. Yeah. I just, I'm not paying that much of attention at this, this year. It's like wait and see, right? It but is. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Jungle of Doom is so interesting because it's almost like, so the original Jungle of Doom house, it was savages and cannibals and that sort of mm. thing. This mentions kind of hybrid creatures and creatures that he's like twisted into his own creation. Okay. So, <laughs> attacked by a monkey the man. Island attacked of by Dr. A, Monroe fellow. Yeah. Snake woman, all this sort of stuff I'm expecting to see. And I just, that's going to be a dark and creepy zone. Uh, I have zero doubt. It's going to, it's going to be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm t- usually I always like what's there just because of the location. If I can get in it without a billion other people around it, which is harder and harder every year. That's fair. But eventually I do have like my moment in there, so I'm not I'm not worried about missing it. So if we keep going around, okay. we're going to jump forward a couple more years because we are going to Shipyard 32. Okay. So we're in the <laughs> 30s now, and we're going to stumble upon his crates and cages that once housed monsters of all kinds that have escaped in pursuit of chaos. So what's interesting about this is we've been promised new creatures. We've also been promised... Fan favorite creatures of okay. yesteryear. I didn't know that. HHN. Okay, that'll be cool. So shipyard, you know, we've seen it done before, right. um, but the fact that it's going to be a hodgepodge of this is this import location and all these creatures have gotten loose, that fits really well within the San Francisco environment. Why don't you just call it Hellblock Breakout? <laughs> That's fair too. <laughs> uh, 
But the creatures he's picked up from his travels and hopping through time yeah, and adjusted yeah. and everything, that is so cool because we're not only getting backstory for Dr. Oddfellow, we're getting backstory for some of these creatures in, a, in cool. a way. And I like the, the fact that they, even though what you're describing as far as the creatures we're going to see really has no bearing on it having to be a shipyard, doesn't need to be because the story tells takes explains why it's happening where it's yeah. happening at and it works just fine that's it it's on the water you've yep. got the waterfront there mm -hmm. you're kind of in that docking i mean hell it's wisher uh, fisher wisherman's you're on, <laughs> you you're on, fisherman's you're, you're on fire tonight yeah. man i'll tell you wisherman's fourth um <laughs> <laughs> but you're there it just really fits and i'm i'm really excited to see how that comes together i'm really excited to see how it all comes right together, of course apparently. yeah and then finally, we get a returning zone uh, as far yeah. as like a returning <laughs> idea. The vamps are back, baby. We are going to vamp 69. We're dropping the five. We're adding four. So <laughs> nice, dudes. Uh, we are going to a music festival, obviously inspired by Woodstock, that Dr. Oddfellow has crashed with his vampires. Mm. So that sounds like a afterthought of that's the only one where it sounds like Oddfellow has been shoehorned in. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one where it's like, we need something for the people. <laughs> How can we fit him in? Right. It works good enough where I'm not like, oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah. But yeah, it is one where it's like, and people love that Vamp 85. I was, was going to say, it doesn't help that it's a continuation of an already existing original yeah. property for them. So that it's like, okay, if Dr. Oddfellow was never involved before, why is he involved between yeah. the two events that happened before? Like, his, we were 59 and 89. He was never around. He just showed up for 69 yeah. with his vampires? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just making light of it. No, no, no. I, I think you bring up a valid point because I'm thinking, like, if this took place in 2008, you know, <laughs> it would have been... Dr. Oddfellow in Circa de Freak, you yeah, know, right, like, yeah. <laughs> like it would have been that sort of thing. He presents the Walking Dead scare zone. <laughs> Dr. Know? Oddfellow's scary tales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sort of thing. So I think it's a cool idea. I, uh, maybe famously to a fault, I've gained a few enemies over the years. I, I didn't really care for Vamp 85. It felt a little lifeless. Yeah. Uh, pun sort of intended, but it felt a little lifeless. I, I am definitely in a wait and see mode for this one. This is where, see, 85 had the problem that a lot of things they do when they return to a property is like when they try to make lightning, when they try to force lightning to strike twice, it rarely does. Sometimes when they just make a sequel because they have more story to tell, it usually works better. I thought 85 was kind of forced to make lightning strike. Now, having said that, when they go back again, learning from the mistakes of the first time, it's usually a better effort. So I th That's think fair. 69 is going to be better than 85 for me. I think. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's a good. I am really excited to see what this music is going to be yeah. like because am I going to get, you know, some folk music of right. the 60s uh, up against Hendrix and Creedence yeah. Clearwater Revival? Good. Yeah, like, right. It's going to be cool. Yeah, yep. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm more looking forward to this. Then people are probably expecting because of my, like I said, I, I didn't enjoy 85 either. But like I said, usually when they go back, when they tap the well a third time and the second time was not as successful as the first, it's usually an improvement. So I'm, I think it'll be fun. I will say this. I'm cool with them. Cool with hippies. But vampires versus hippies, like yeah, right? that's, that's an idea that does work for me. Well, it's, I mean, if, please, I hope they take the lore of, um. What we do in the shadows, and that they <laughs> if they drink someone that's pretty high on on uh, anything, mushrooms, yeah. marijuana, pot, whatever. Well, it's all the same thing. <laughs> and they get they get 
the effect from the drunk blood. That's that's what I'm basing that oh, off of the drunk it. blood from what we say in the shadows. <laughs> I want to see a Cheech and Chong vampire. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want all of it. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of the scare zones. We've we've laid out our full thoughts there, but. Matt, do you have like an idea as far as like your your one through five is right now? I do right now. Um, that's still early, and we I don't have the idea of like what the zone is fully going to be. Some and of the, I think some of the things you said may have changed my mind, but I do have a list I'm willing to talk about. If you want to, do you want to go as now. we go? Okay. Well, I'll tell you right now, and it's I already said it, it's the most trepidatious one I'm walking into because I don't know. Number five is Dark Zodiac. Okay, my number five is actually a Collection of Horror. And that is just because Avenue of the Stars has That's always been a rough zone for me. would change mine, but unfortunately, I didn't rewrite it. Yeah. Um, number four right now, uh, Jungle of Doom. All right. My number four is actually Vamp 69. Okay. Well, that's my number three, so it's not that far from you. Uh, number three, I actually have Shipyard 32. <laughs> well, my number two is Shipyard 32. <laughs> We're going to have to run through this. Right, yeah. There. Number two for me is actually Dark Zodiac. Okay. My number one is Dr. L. Oddfellow's Collection of Horror, but that was before I learned where its location it's is. It still could be really cool. Yeah. And then, like I said, one of my favorite aesthetics is Jungle, so Jungle of Doom is riding at the top right now. This is exactly what happened on our Mega Hype episode with the other guys and the other shows, I should say. Yeah. I said what my number one was, and I was like, that was my number one before I realized where this was going to be. I remember <laughs> that. This happened, the exact same thing happened last year. You know, if it was one more month away, mm-hmm. we, we would have timed it perfectly. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe we'll have to try to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I know you're listening. Hit us up. Um, but yeah, let's run through that one more time. So five through one for you was? We got number five, Dark Zodiac. Number four, Jungle of Doom. Number three, Vamp 69. Number two, Shapiro 32. Number one, Dr. Oddfellow's Collection of Horror. And I have Collection of Horror. Vamp 69, Shipyard 32, Dark Zodiac, and Jungle of Doom being my most anticipated. All right. So, Matt, we've already talked a lot about Stranger Things. Yes. And we've already talked about Last of Us, but I feel like we should go ahead and do updates because you've okay. watched Stranger Things. I have. And I have watched Last of Us. Okay. I have not. I will. That's next on my list, obviously. That's all that's left now, other than Exorcist, but can't see that yet so that's yeah finally i will say i have an excuse for not seeing one of the things on this list because i can't <laughs> no we'll i can't buy a ticket at the cinema yeah. before we go <laughs> right, in that night yeah. but go ahead because you watched stranger things just recently yes how are you feeling about it now i i really like that season a lot and i'm look and you and may i don't know if you put the idea in my head or if it was just that clear like you said you could really guess this is going to be in it that's going to be in it yeah. they might do that and if they do it's cool it's like you could pick out what they're going to do pretty i probably picked out too much more than they can fit in the house which is good that yeah. means there's not they're not going to stretch the throw something in there and i really like the story i was actually more invested in the russian storyline um when they introduced that than i was the um Vecna? The Vecna I want to say I want to say Venic. I don't know why. I think there's another thing I watched when the characters named Venic, but Vecna. But then about three quarters of the way through, I was invested in everything happening. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's interesting is because none of the information we have so far, at least that I found, it's possible I've overlooked it, has mentioned any of the Russia stuff. It's right. all about, about yeah. Vecna and the manor and everything like that. Nothing is really scary except for the demigorgon and yeah. the, the the uh Russian storyline. It was more it was the whole I mean, it was the whole who is calling 
And why are they taking money to Alaska? That's not I a haunted the house. Mystery, yeah. yeah, it's not a haunted house. I wasn't expecting that to be in the house, but I was more, I was watching it all, being able to envision what was happening. But as far as storytelling, I was like really into the Russian one. But then, like I said, yeah. once things really got rolling, then yeah, I, I, but it, I, I got swept in it real quick. I watched it all in three days. And it wasn't just nine hours of TV. They're, they were like an hour and 20 minutes. And the last episode was two hours. Yeah, it, was it was like a, a good 12, 13 hours of television to fit in. And yeah. I got it done in like three days. And I loved it. Which I think really says a lot that you liked it. Yeah. yeah as you just said, like that that's cool. That <laughs> There's one thing I didn't like that you know. <laughs> Apparently they don't realize there's more to running up that hill than just those two lines. We, running, running, running up that road and running up that hill. That's the only part of the song they played every episode, 17 times an episode. I'm telling you, before I start HHN this year, I really need to start running up some hills. Oh my God. Um, because I cut the I'm match. Not ready. Running up the road, up the hill. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm glad you saw kind of the vision because, yeah, I just think it is as much as, as cool as they were able to pull off Stranger Things 1. And even though the second house was a little bit more divisive. I feel like this one totally just translates into a haunted house. Yeah. Like you said, you can see every single little thing and be like, that's going to be a cool show scene. Do we know where that's going to be? Assuming a soundstage. Okay. Yeah. Because that could be fun having you walk out and have just the area lit red with fog and have fake snow come down because it'd be like the cliffhanger of, nice. of the show. You know what I mean? That would be cool. And then, uh, like I said, I so even though the house is based upon the video game, I'm going to watch a playthrough. I need to watch that. That's that's the last thing I got to do now at this point, which is good. We have been watching the series. I'm like two episodes from the end. We've really enjoyed it. It's great drama. It is one of those things where what I said, not knowing anything about the podcast, or excuse me, not knowing anything <laughs> about the show <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> while we recorded the podcast I still feel more or less the same. It's going to be a neat spin on a post-apocalyptic house. I'm excited to see the clickers and the stalkers and the bloaters and those characters. It's just going to depend on how neat is the execution for it to where it's going to depend because post-apocalyptic, honestly, just it does very little for me Mm -hmm. and it's a cool idea. It's a cool spin on it, but I'm I'm just going to have to see what the house ends up being to figure out where it's going to be for me. And I've always liked it. That's the other thing. That's that's I'm the opposite of that. I've always liked that. I've always liked it from a design point of view. That's the thing I liked about that the one last year which the name has escaped me. Uh, Descendants of Destruction. Descendants of Destruction. Looking at the actual art and design of that house as opposed to the scares and the characters was just as much fun as everything else in that house. So yeah. that's always a big thing for me. So I I do need to catch up on the material though. I tend to like shows that Pedro Pascal's protecting a kid with magic powers anyway, so I think I'll be all right. <laughs> I will say, I uh, I do think that this house has potential to be one of the scarier ones this year, especially okay. if it's dark. Um, there's some really tense and fun and scary moments in the season, and I'm, I'm definitely sure those are in the video game because you're actually playing the thing. Um, I'm excited to see it, but it hasn't shown me anything so far where it's like, it immediately skyrocketed to my number one position. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, something we did get new information on that we did not have before. We actually got a full info dump for Chucky. I was 99% sure we didn't know the full title and description before. And I'm glad you said that because now I'm actually, this is what I thought they weren't going to do yeah. when we discussed it. I did not think they were going to take the 
Chucky universe and make something semi-original out of it, if not completely original. And from the description, it sounds like that's what they're doing. So let me read this. Chucky Ultimate Kill Count, inspired by the hit USA and sci-fi series and cult classic films. So we did get that side of it, where it's, it's based on Chucky in general. Yeah. Chucky Ultimate Kill Count casts this killer doll as the star of his very own haunted house for the first time. (laughs) Well, okay, sure. Debatable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, A true sadistic killer, Chucky has been mired in agony of disrespect he feels from his peers at not being taken seriously. Thus begins his quest to turn his haunted house into a living slaughterhouse by killing every person who enters. Now, this is where it gets interesting because on that podcast, a couple of months ago, I called into our friends over at HHN 365 and I was like, look... I'm not excited if they're doing an adaptation of the series. Here is how I would personally do a house. And I had this idea of what if it is Chucky in it is Chucky in a Halloween Horror Nights haunted house. Okay. And yeah. it's a very meta take on that character. And on the Universal podcast today, that is what this is. <laughs> nice. So <laughs> the backstory is that HHN Orlando was building Chucky a haunted house for the event. And they invited him, because Chucky's a real-world person, right. they invited him to do promotion no. for the haunted house. <laughs> okay. And he shows up. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. And he shows up, and he's like, why aren't people killing each other? Why aren't you actually <laughs> killing people? So it is Chucky taking control of the other dolls and creatures of the house, killing in an HHN Orlando haunted house. So... That's incredible to me. If they can pull off the double layered of it, this is the house that has climbed the most from, I'm not a big Chucky person. It has climbed from being very low to honestly kind of middle of the pack. Yeah, right. I I get that too, because I was more worried that just by what we knew until today, it seemed like it was all based on the show and all I could really picture it being was like, a couple of kills in a nondescript house and then the fun- the finale would be the high school yeah. presentation. I was like, okay, it might be fun, but that's not exciting. This is way better. Yeah. This is much better. Apparently he's kidnapped and killed the creators of the haunted right, house. Right, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> cool. He's taken control of the other Chucky props that were in the house. Yeah. This is a really neat idea. And yep. I just have to commend like Universal for putting this together because – this is creative. This is something that we as fans talk about. Like, why don't they do this sort right. of thing? Yeah, exactly. And I think we a do. lot of You're that real. comes down to the new blood that's coming in and like pumping that in. There's just the feeling of somebody who is a fan of the event put this together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very cool. That is cool. Yeah, this is this does does sound fun. Um not sure now if I wasted my time watching the series, but I, no, I don't think I wasted my time because I actually enjoyed it. But <laughs> and I got the feel for Chucky has changed so much from his introduction of the first movie to to that series. It's good to know what version they're basing him off of. It sounds like they're base, basing him off of where he's at now in his evolution as a character. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be cool. It's going to be a hard tone to pull off, but I have faith that they're they're going to be able to do it. And I, I think, think some so. of the more goofy elements that maybe come with doing a Chucky house you're even going to be a little bit more lenient on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that plays a lot into being able to do a house the way they're doing this. It's a possessed doll. If you're already suspending your disbelief at that, you've 
opened yourself up to a much wider experience, I yeah. think. Now, every year, you know, we, we never quite have a perfect event year. There, there's always <laughs> there's always something that's a little off-putting. And <sighs> I don't want to – I just feel like we wouldn't be – I wouldn't be honest to myself if I was like, yeah, everything's great, everything's perfect. I am not excited for The Exorcist Believer. Um, two missing girls have been found with no memory of what happened to them. But wherever they went, the ultimate evil has returned with them. Enter the most terrifying scenes from the new Blumhouse film. These houses that come out that are that are running before the film come out are always so restrained. Yeah. Like uh, Dracula Untold, The Wolfman, um, Crimson Peak. Is that what the... The, that, the, that was the, in Hollywood. But yeah, it was. In, That's the one I'm talking about, in, the one in Hollywood. Yeah. I and, couldn't remember what its name was. It's Crimson Peak? Crimson Peak, yeah. Beautiful house, really cool effects, no story. Because yeah. they weren't telling you anything, and that is always a frustration. Now, Universal seems to have a very different relationship with Blumhouse, so maybe we'll get a story. Yeah. I don't know, though. I'm just going by past history of these Houses that are open before the movie opens never really tell a story. I think the most recent precedent of that was um, the Insidious Last Key yeah, House that's, from that, 2018. I was just thinking was what I was said the, house, but it was just it was a scene a, it in was Blumhouse. A third, third, it was the third addition to two other Blumhouse things, yes. right? I was trying to remember today what was the last time we had this, and I was thinking it was Dracula Untold, and I remembered City, Insidious Three. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, their their relationship seems to be. A little more tightly knitted together than these other ones, or the other ones were Universal Pictures, so yeah. maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I think, yeah, I'm not too excited about it yet either. For those who know, uh, for those who don't know what this is, David Gordon Green, the mastermind behind the new Halloween trilogy, he's coming in and doing an Exorcist sequel, and that's what this is. This is okay. a direct continuation of the original, just new settings, new characters, but... It's a continuation of the Exorcist franchise. Um, the trailer is out, so if you liked the trailer, maybe you'll be more excited for this. I feel like the trailer is pretty representative of what we expect to see in the house. <laughs> okay. But it is one of those things, I hope that they kind of just use the film as a jumping off point to do some creative things where it's not just a book report, but they take, they're kind of inspired by the movie instead of you know doing direct scene by scene. Yeah, yeah. I am one of those people. I actually really liked The Exorcist at HHN 26. I did too. Okay, yep. cool. So I really like that house. I know it's not everybody's favorite, but I thought it was well done, as good as you could possibly do an Exorcist house. I do kind of wonder if there's going to be a little bit of uh, backlash is strong, but I do wonder if there's going to be a little bit of pushback for using The Exorcist branding and <laughs> not doing the Reagan story. So it's, I just wonder what this house is going to be. I do too. Yeah. yeah. It's, and like I said, I might, I, I'm a little worried that, uh, we're not going to see much of anything. Yeah. But yeah. I've been wrong before. It's kind of one of those where you're like, all house locations are good locations, but you just kind of <laughs> hope this one's not in a soundstage. Yeah, something else exactly. Can go in. Yes. Yeah. Not to be mean. Yeah. I'm sure it probably is at a soundstage, but we'll find out. But, Matt, something that I'm going to be very surprised if it is not in a soundstage. I guess it could go in a parade building, but possibly the big winner for you and I combined, Universal Monsters Unmasked. Lurking yeah. <laughs> 60 feet beneath the bustling streets of the City of Lights, 
the Dank Catacombs, which is the rebranding for the podcast, by the way. The Dank, Dank Catacombs, Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> All right, Quint, I'm going to send you a new script to read. The Dank Catacombs <laughs> of... The Dank Catacombs <laughs> of Paris house a much darker secret. The all-new haunted house, Universal Monsters Unmasked, takes guests down into the infamous burial grounds where every cornel... Uh, every cornel. Where every corner... <laughs> you're just... And you're betting a thousand tonight. <laughs> I, I really am. Where every corner and crevice overflows with millions of skeletal remains and even more sinister secrets. Deep within the catacombs, we love that word, Universal, keep using it, <laughs> Universal's most notorious creatures, the Phantom of the Opera, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Dr. Jekyll and his deranged alternate personality, Mr. Hyde, and Dr. Jack Griffin, aka the Invisible Man, also lie in wait as they bide their time and seek vengeance against guests after the opening of the catacombs to public visitation. These desperate and dangerous fiends have become filled with a rage towards guests navigating the twisted tunnels of their underground labyrinth home. It is here, in the darkness, where they hunt these trespassers and where the sounds of guests' screams will go unheard. This we did get a little bit of information from, from the podcast as well. Um, Dr. Jekyll... And the Invisible Man are on the run from London, and they okay. end up in Paris. We are going to get to see the Paris Opera House with the Phantom. Okay. So even though this release just mentions the Catacombs, there are going to be multiple settings in this. But Matt, as someone who did not get to see Catacombs Black Death Rising, <laughs> that setting yeah. is really appealing to me because I, I not only am I excited to see the Universal Monsters. I think this is going to be really scary. I think this is going to be a scary house. This one is, I, I, I would have never, I don't think I would have ever pair or, or, or teamed up these four characters. But when I saw the announcement, I was like, this is four characters. I cannot wait to see this year. This is yeah. way, I am way more excited than I was for, uh, what it was? What was it called last? I don't remember. Uh, Monsters Legends Unleashed? Collide. Uh, Legends Collide. Okay, I much much more excited about this than Legends Collide, and I love the fact that they're using the the uh, at least uh, he's not exactly quite the Lon Chaney Phantom, but he's a lot closer than the nineteen forty some movie the Claude version. Rains one. Yeah, Claude Rains. Thank yeah. you. Can I think of him? And the Invisible Man. Is going to be so much fun to see. I, I want to know how they're going to do it. Is it's, it going to be wrapped most of the time? I'm thinking it's going to be mostly like this picture. It's probably good because we've seen people in complete um, black pullovers over yeah. their face. And it's probably going to be that with the white bandages around it and in, in, in a, the, well, a strategically lit scene. That's my guess. Yeah. But then the hunch, I would have never thought to put the hunchback or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. There's, there's so much to speculate and just think about and 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 just look forward to in this i can i cannot wait i am almost as excited of this as i was the first return of the universal monsters oh, for 29 yeah, yeah yeah i would dare say this is tough because I still, I think Bride of Frankenstein Lives was a perfect house. That and was, yeah. <laughs> I still love that, even though we never, quote unquote, got to see the full version of it. That one, I still think that is a work of art. Well, that that one is outside of this. This is like I got the, the original Universal, Mo the original and the modern era Universal Monsters and this, yeah. but then Bride is way it is over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we could categorize this as like Universal did with their later films. This is definitely part of the Monster Mash era. Yeah, okay, sure, um, yeah. 
like you said, I think this is an incredibly creative pairing of monsters. Yeah. The setting is perfect. And if it wasn't for one other little thing, not to show my cards too early, but we've talked about it, this would be far and away my number one. Okay. Um, that said, I think this house is going to rule. I mm. think that scenically, there's a good chance that this is the prettiest house of the year. And um, I just think all the elements are going to come together. This This sounds like a winner. And I'm not even... You know, the first run of Legends Collide, I was kind of like, we'll see. And I ended up falling in love with that house. This seems like it's going to be a winner from night one. I, I don't, I'm looking at the list again. I don't see any other house that I will be, I can imagine I'll be in more. Maybe the Oddfellow house, but I don't think so. I, I think by far and away, like opening night to closing night, that's where I'll be. How cool is the art, though? You that's what that I art. love the most about this. Yeah. yeah. I know you hate front prints, but you're going to buy that shirt if it's available. Aren't yeah. You? Oh, I own I own many front print shirts. Yeah. I just don't wear them out in public because, like I said, they're, they're fat guy gut highlighter, but I'll wear them around the house. Embrace the... your Universal yeah. Monsters love. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. I have the, uh, or not Legends Collide, the Universal Monsters from uh, the- With the little bit yeah. of stickiness on yep. it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know, right. Yeah. I yeah. hope this- doesn't look like they can do it unless they make the Invisible Man's robe sticky. So if you didn't have stickiness on this one. <laughs> Why is he wet? No. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he sticky? Yeah. Uh, what you doing, Mr. Griffin? Look, um, <laughs> if you guys have not gone back and watched The Invisible Man recently, please go watch. It's a top three Universal Monster movie. Um, and then you brought up the Lon Chaney era with a lot of the other monsters because he's done takes on pretty much everybody else yeah, that's, right. that's sure. here. Um yeah, go back, watch some vintage horror because this is going to be a hit. And I, I feel like the goodwill towards the Universal Monster branding is why we're getting these four characters. Like, the Invisible Man, he's part of the Big Eight, right? These other characters mm-hmm. are C-tier ter- characters for sure, the yeah, Universal okay. Monsters. I guess so, yeah. We would not be seeing these We would probably be seeing Dracula again if they didn't have the goodwill from the last couple of houses. Mm, right, right. But I think this, let's see what it's been. It's been Universal Monsters, Bride of Frankenstein Lives, Legends Collide, now Unmasked. One more year. One more year, and I will declare this officially the Universal Monsters era. Okay. Five years of Universal Monsters, that's an era, I would say. Universal, I know you're trying to figure it out. If you want to count HHN Light, then yes, we're already at five, but I don't, yeah, I'm not counting that. Five different interpretations. Right, exactly, yeah. I know you're listening, Universal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> waiting on that Gilman house. We know you right? can do it. We know you can do it, yes. I don't even care if it's a monster mash. Do the Wolfman versus Creature. I'd be into that. <laughs> um, whatever you need to do. But yeah, this is this is so cool. And I knew we were going to spend a chunk of change. <laughs> a chunk know, of change right? and a chunk yeah. of time. This is where our... You bought your frequent fear today. I did buy this, it. And that was the thing that made me do it. It really was. It was. It was yeah. It's like that just... I got... Oh, I told the story last episode. It's, it was just a... I was waiting for a credit card replacement. I've yeah. had it for however long since our recording because it came a few days after. And I just like hadn't gotten to it. When I saw the Universal Monsters Unmasked, I was like... I. It's, Here's my eight hundred dollars. Yeah, here we go. It's bought. <laughs> it's it's purchased. No hesitation. No hesitation. Yeah, we'll we'll probably talk about this again a little bit later. But yes, that finishes our full IP lineup. So if you're keeping track, we're five for five again this year. Yep. So Last of Us, Stranger Things, The Exorcist, Chucky, Universal Monsters, and in my opinion, only only one that. I'm going to have to wait and see, really, which is The Exorcist. Everything else seems like it's going to mm-hmm. be really good. And I like this balance. I like four solid straight IPs. Oh, the Chucky's kind of 
it's IP, but it's it's also like an original take on the IP. Then that kind of the the blending of um the that that line Universal Monsters walks where it's not any specific movie, and then five originals. I like this blend that's been this balance that's been going on the past few years. I hope yeah. this continues. Matt, we brought it up earlier, uh, hopefully for the last time, because every <laughs> single time I say it, a different pronunciation comes out. Oh, boy. But Dr. Adfellows... Yep, you did it again. And <laughs> Dr. Oddfellows, Twisted Origins. Yes. This is the uh, origin house of, presumably, not only Dr. Oddfellow, but Jack. Jack. And so, a demented late-night circus led by an evil ringmaster and notorious icon looking for human souls to fuel his dark intentions. So we got a little bit of news from this, from the Discover Universal podcast, and that is we are approaching the carnival after dark. This is a secret sideshow that they do when the main show for the day is done. And we enter in not through the big top tent, but we enter through the side, underneath the bleachers. Okay. And we go in... And immediately we realize something is wrong. And all the denizens of the carnival, magicians, uh, stunt performers, freaks, immediately are out to kill us. It made me think something's wrong. We go past the bleachers. It's like the time the rock and roller coaster got stuck and you had to go behind the bleachers of Whoville to get to one of the houses that one year. Oh, man. But yeah, so this is cool because this is one that I initially was not very excited for it all. And I'll tell you the reason is I just feel like carnivals have been done so Mm. much. Carnivals are not a concept that I'm not really someone who's, I'm not very strongly inclined one way or the other about clowns just in general. And I feel like that is usually the basis for a carnival theme. It's creepy clown, creepy ringmaster clown in the case of our favorite friend. This has me interested because it is an expansion of existing lore. And I think that's the big thing where it can be a really cool take on a carnival house. Like I said, I'm hoping to get a little bit of the old Todd Browning films in there like Freaks Mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit of uh, I brought up Dr. Caligari earlier, that kind of aesthetic, but also getting additional backstory. Right. It's very cool. That's what I'm looking forward to and hoping what we get. I see no reason we won't get it. My only concern is we know the houses constantly change throughout the season. And if this does have a Jack the Clown presence, a little bit of one, and that ends up getting more response than the Dr. Oddfellow portion of it, will it end up becoming a Jack the Clown house by the end of the year? Understood. I don't think... So I, it's kind of 50-50 right now, but I, I'll bet you a, a, a sour apple funnel fries. <laughs> okay. I don't think we bit. will see a physical manifestation That's of what Jack I'm, I'm the I'm hoping house. we don't, because if we don't, then that worry would go away. Like, I mean, I there might be enough evidence for someone that knows where this story goes that you see what's happening, but without seeing the actual fully, the the final form yeah. of Jack the Clown at the end. Like the only exception that this is kind of what I would like to see. If he ends up being a stinger scare outside of the Okay, house, sure. Yeah. I could, yeah. T- I could deal fine. with that. Yeah. But I think that we'll probably see the box in this house. That's what I'm, yeah, that uh, like that, or maybe even someone that, his trunks with like dead bodies and everything. Yeah, or, or or the performer Jack, the man Jack out of clown makeup being that victimized. would be cool. 
or something or doing something. Yeah, to see Schmidt himself mm-hmm. without. I don't know why I could not think of the last name to save my life. Oh, Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't doing it a one up, but I was just like to see. No, no, I was just saying. I was like, I said, Jack, Jack the man himself. That's what, yeah. Safe to say we would step in a big pile of Schmidt. Am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but like, I honestly think it's going to be a silhouette or, or something okay. like yeah. that where we get that backstory mm-hmm. almost like. Um, Maybe it's not quite one to one, but with body collectors, where we got that sneak peek at Jack and Eddie. As yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right. that sort of thing, I think could be really cool. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping he's there, but not like we just saw him. Yeah, two years ago. And I do want to. I went to Not Scary Farm for the first time last year and had a wonderful time out there. And they actually do a carnival house called Mesmer and Mesmer is based on their ringleader. He's like a hypnotist Oh, okay. and you were going through and he is hypnotizing you as you walk through the house. If they can pull, I'm not saying do a rip off of that, but if they can pull some of those more unique elements into this, especially knowing that the good doctor is a magical being an immortal being, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm, I really want to see what this is before I, but I have a, on my list, obviously, but before I decide on how I feel about it, I need to see it. I do need to see this. I need to see all these, but that one is really up there. The coat, the cane yeah. that Jack mm-hmm. ends up with, the immortal blood. Oh, come on. Um, Matt, do the names Blizzrock and Pyrock mean anything to you? Well, those are the names of the dragons. <laughs> they are the names of the dragons. So I am, of course, talking about... A horrific twist to a frightening yet familiar tale and uh, the sinister battle between fire and ice in Dueling Dragons, Choose Thy Fate. Matt, this is my number one. Is it? And I will tell you why. Because for years, you and I have sat directly across Uh from each other, and I'm like, the biggest untapped potential, I think, for HHN is a fantasy setting. I want to see them try to do knights and wizards, and I've even pitched several times I, I do not play D&D. I'm interested in it. Um, I think a D&D house would be really cool. You can pull those elements through necromancers and that sort of thing. Blizzrock and Pyrock are warlocks. Merlin is dead. Oh, Merlin okay. has been turned into the Enchanted Oak. If you know your Islands of Adventure lore, mm, okay. he's been turned into the Enchanted Oak. And the two warlocks are going after Merlin's book. And we are entering the dragon or excuse me, entering the <laughs> castle, which was the old queue for Dueling Dragons. Right, okay. And there they are engaged in battle over Merlin's book. Okay. And by the end of this, Merlin has placed a curse on it where it transforms them into the dragons, ah. and we are caught in between that. So all sorts of fantasy creatures. We are getting the fire and ice element of it. This sounds really, really cool. This could be cool. This could be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how much of the old queue we're going to see pulled out of storage if they even have any of it. Do you remember the queue before the Harry Potter change? Oh, yeah. Uh, I never got to see it, but I oh, memorized it. God, I used to love that queue. That queue. It, it was, it was, I was shocked how all of it was removed. I was like, I, I remember when they said they were going to change that ride to uh, that whole area, that ride to fit in with Harry Potter. I'm like, there's no way they're going to pull it out of the queue. That is that is so yeah. much work. And then I went through the queue for the first time when it changed over. I'm like, I can't believe it's all gone. That was one of the best things about going through that ride when it was pre-Harry Potter was going through that queue. It was it was awesome. There was so much detail. I don't know how much they kept. It's been so long. Yeah. But I'm, and they probably, 
he could reproduce some very memorable things. Like there was a stained, stained glass. glass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. That is the thing that sticks in my head that I, if we don't see that, I'll be shocked. The frozen nights, the burnt nights, like mm-hmm. all of that stuff from the queue has gone on and be- become so iconic. And what just blows my mind is that we are over a decade after we've said goodbye to dueling dragons. The is fact it really that, that long. Yeah. Wow. Because Potter's been there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the fact that we, in the year 2023, somebody in art and design was like, dueling dragons would make a cool haunted yeah. house. The fact that we have, I thought for sure this was going to be, I, I don't know, let's just call it choose thy fate or something like that. The fact that this says dueling dragons right. blows my mind. Like, I cannot <laughs> wrap my head around it. And yeah, maybe I am biased to this one, like, in the sense of it's it's got everything I want. It's got the universal history. It's tying into HHN, and it's a genre that I've been asking for so long. Yeah, I just think it's going to be really cool. Now, the Tuesday Fate thing has me wonder, and I've already seen a lot of speculation, people saying, is there going to be two paths in this? Well, no, there's not going to be two paths in a whole house. That's They're not going to do that. I am wondering if there's going to be two paths at the end. Two, or- so two paths for the ending. Yeah. With what sounds like multiple variations of the I was going to say, or two different endings, but that's even cooler doing the two different things. And the cool thing about this is we brought this up when we talked uh, on Grim Grinning Host, but, um, you know, usually with these choose your path things in HHN houses, they don't last very long. Right. Um, (laughs) You think of like the little roundabout that you had in Tomb of the Ancients. Yeah. This is written into the narrative. And that, but they've never done it at the end. It's always been in the beginning. And that's always like, it ends up just the the nature of the way the cues, the lines work in, in Haunted House. One person goes one way, everybody else goes that way. Yeah. Having it at the end is something I don't think I've ever seen. Or if I have, it's been a long time. And I think that would work, especially when you have a motivation to go one way one time and yeah. one another. That's something new too. If they can basically do the HHN Icon's throne room for two different paths and change that up a little bit every time, that's going to add an element to this house that I think is going to be unmatched yeah. this year. Yeah, I and can see that. So sure. I got to ask, before we move on, are you a blue side or a red side? I was always guy? a blue side. I'm a blue side on guy. On the ride, so. <laughs> I love the inversions. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. I'll take inversions over speed. There's an extra corkscrew on the blue that wasn't on the red. And it always felt like you were about to hit things Mm, a little bit better (laughs) on the blue. But yeah, this is incredibly cool. Hopefully I've sold you on why I'm so excited for it. I Yeah, there's a lot of details in that I didn't know. I don't think that stuff's on the website. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Go listen to these episodes, folks. They're really good. Um, That was with Charles and Matt and Laura and uh, a couple of other people. But so next up, Matt. Something I'm very interested to know what you think about. Okay. Blood-soaked campgrounds deep in the (laughs) trenches of the mountains where vicious, bloodthirsty monsters have returned with a vengeance in Yeti campground kills. What's interesting is Uh Charles has gone on the record today and he said that in Slaughter Cinema, the Yetis that we encounter in that are based on Swamp Ape. In Yeti Terror of the Yukon, it's Sasquatch. Right. And in this house, it's a Bigfoot house. Bigfoot? Okay. Yeah. So they use Yeti as kind of the all-encompassing yeah, term, sure. uh-huh. but we've gotten a different version of the Yeti or the monster in every single one of these. This is definitely going to be a comedy house. I'd say if they do it in the same spirit that they did 
Terror of the Yukon, I'm all for it. This is a weird one because it's like, I get it. Rocky Mountains. It's going to be cool. Yeah. In a camp. I For me, it just depends on how darkly humorous they want to go with right. this thing. Yep. Uh, they've mentioned that we'll not only encounter the big dude yetis, but we will encounter families of yetis. So okay. <laughs> baby yeti running around, right. killing people. That's going to be cool. And if they can own in on, you know, it mentions the 1950s, which is kind of a weird shout out. But if there's a little bit of that 50s creature feature rock mm-hmm. and roll aesthetic, this is going to be dope. My only requirement for this, or I don't even know what we call it. My only goal for this is that if I don't go through this at least once with Kenny, that would feel my season was a total loss. Get your ass here, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. This is one that I'm going to have to kind of wait and see because it. I, I don't know where this is going to land for me right now. I'm still kind of figuring this all out in my head. Right. There's a lot of strong competition, but I am down for the Yeti. And I kind of wonder if, you know, there is a little bit of weirdness because we have seen Yeti so many times over the last couple of years. I kind of wonder if this is the trilogy capper for Yeti. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's that Dane. Now, here's the thing, man. They made... Did they make Lightning Strike twice because Yeti was such a small part of a bigger thing with Slaughter Cinema? So are yeah. they trying to make it strike twice in this one? And that's hit or miss. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. It's, yeah. You know? And, and I don't know how I'll feel if I see if the last scene is the same again. I think oh, I might actually be like, you remember how, how Terror of the Yukon was the same exact room as yeah. Slaughter Cinema? If they do that again, but in a mountain setting yeah i'll probably like it but i'm not sure so they do say in the description that we are trying to escape to the ranger tower okay in this house so i feel like we're going to end up in the ranger tower okay so i don't know this is in my brain they probably won't do this but i'm imagining just the whole forest on fire you know like that (laughs) kind of thing smoky the bears coming out very disapprovingly (laughs) um but yeah, this is one, it's... it's. Oh, please get HHN Bear with a Smokey the Bear hat on and have him make an appearance. That's all I want. I will <laughs> refund my pass, and I will go be a scare actor for the season to be HHN Smokey Bear. Next up, Matt, is a weird one, but I'm uh, very excited for it. Really? Yes, and okay. I'll tell you why. Right. Selling their souls for fame in the darkest deal, where they quickly learn a deal can be more than they bargained for. Mississippi Blues, 1930s Delta... So the reason I'm excited for this, not only is it the traditional crossroads story, you know, the musician sells his his soul for talent and fame and fortune and everything like that. This feels to me like when I am late at night and I'm scrolling through the HHN wiki and a title catches my eye and I click on it and I read it. This feels like one of those weird houses from like Mm, the early 2000s. All right, I can see that. Where I'm like, that sounds really interesting. My worst fear is that this ends up becoming kind of like the Spirits of the Coven of the year. Okay? You understand? Oh, you just wait till I get to my part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but being pursued by the Collector and knowing, they're calling him the Collector, but the uh-huh. devil is pursuing this guy. And we're seeing him kind of on the run from the devil. Like, all, all I could hear is there's this classic Bessie Smith song from that time period called Devil's Gonna Get You," And <laughs> go listen to that. Like, maybe we'll plug it at the end. I'm sure it's public domain. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, this is cool to me. I love music, and I love the incorporation of the blues legend. I grew up in the South, so that's just something that I hold dear to me. 
this one is either going to go really well and be a surprise or be a complete disaster. I only reacted the way I did because I, as soon as I saw the description in the picture, immediately got a Spirit of the Coven vibe. Like, ex- like I was like, I looked right at it and just saw all I could see was Spirits of the Coven, and that yeah. really worries me. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Have I said anything that's maybe pulled you a little bit? Well, the idea that it can't be another spirits in the coven, uh, of the coven, like they just—I mean, <laughs> I don't mean that. In a, that sounds weird, weirder than I mean it to yeah. be. Like, um, it, it's it's got to be distinctively different. They're, so I, I know in my head it's not that, but like I just can't get over the similarities that it immediately jumped out at me. And I can't really tell you exactly like, an apples to apples comparison, but that's immediately the thing I thought. This is this is one. I just can't really even say anything about until I see it other than just I I already got a bad feeling about it, but I think that's super unfair. And that's it. We really don't know what this is going to be like. Yeah. I think that maybe this might take a little bit of inspiration from puppet theater in a weird way. Okay. Like if it is one of those back tent houses where they don't have to fill up all the space of a yeah. sound stage, I think that narratively it's just going to flow a lot better than Maybe it's even unfair to make the comparison, but what I'm going to call kind of its its sister attraction from last year. Yeah, it's. I don't think they really have any. I probably probably by the time we actually see it, they'll be so distinctly different that it's kind of ridiculous to compare them. But right now, what, what I got to go on, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Even yeah. just looking at the picture, I thought spirits of the Kevin. It looks like the concept art is cool, but it also has a feel of like. Three ninety nine Walmart <laughs> DVD cover. Yeah. You yeah, know what does, I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got it's got a weird tone to it, but it's like Devil Went Down the Bayou by Charles Ritchie instead yeah, of Charles it, Daniels. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like it's the cover of one of those blues it's, compilation it's, CDs. It's a it's an asylum version of something better. <laughs> it reminds me of the cover of uh, uh of Creed. Of human clay. Oh, God, I have um, no idea what that cover is, so I'll take your word for it. That's mostly a joke, but oh, okay. I do appreciate that it has the Exorcist 3 font. Yeah. Go watch the Exorcist <laughs> 3. It's really good. But, um, yeah, we did get a little bit of information that we are going to see a live club scene in this. Okay. So oh, how do you do that without putting 20 scare actors in there? Who knows? Live club scene? Well, they probably mean a live performer like there was in Fear to the Coven. Yeah, but I mean, like, if they're watching him perform... I don't think so. Mannequins. The, the the this has happened before where they use a descriptor, but it's much smaller scale than sure. what they don't overpromise. But your mind leads to something bigger than they're actually doing. Yeah. And then finally, a colonial cult looking to sacrifice those who dare refuse to worship the blood moon and blood moon dark offerings. <laughs> I. Roanoke 2.0. Talk about having no idea what this could be. That's that's the best. That that popped into my head as well. I was like, this could be the sleeper hit, or this could be just the one you go to to up your house count. I don't know. So Dakota from Cathoid Coaster, he said, this is the gore house of the year. Okay. This is All the right, blood house, at least from what he understands. Um, so colonial era kill cult okay. <laughs> is yeah, what they kept right. saying. So if you like your folk horror, if you like your witch, if you like your Salem and everything like that, it's going to be drenched in red. You're going to see a lot of blood and guts. And the idea is it's this religious uh, embodied, well, an actual cult. It's this religious cult 
I guess religious and cult kind of go together, right? I it's suppose, this, yeah. <laughs> it's this cult where they worship the moon. And the harvest has been dreadful this year. People are dying of starvation. And they're taking it as a sign that the moon does not value them as followers because they've been bad for whatever reason. So we as trespassers, we have to be sacrificed to cleanse the area. So this is interesting because it is one of those concepts that I feel like you kind of see pop up at a bunch of different houses. But I just think it's going to have the HHN aesthetic. I'm sure it will. Yes. Yeah, I just don't. Again, the concept art is tells you nothing which none of them do i mean honestly um so it's uh, this one's this one's this one is so hard to tell what it's gonna be like from what we know and i'm i'll i'll reserve judgment until i see it yeah i'm sure um i don't know i was gonna say i'm sure i'll like it I, i always find something to like in every house mostly so one way or another and matt Okay. <laughs> that brings us to the end know, right? of our HHN houses. So why don't we go ahead and... We still and, got over a month to actually see any of this. I know. And who knows how it's going to change when we end up, you know, we'll probably do one of the big episodes oh, yeah. and, yeah. you know, tally everybody's score together to figure out what it's going to be. But let's do just our personal, yeah. right now, immediate HHN house rankings. I can tell you right now, next time we do, when we do an official, when we do an official hype episode, these both these lists are going to change. Yeah. Um, but right now we we're, we're starting where we left off. I've got blood moon, dark offering as number 10 only because I have no idea. Okay. I, I have no idea what it could be. So it's like, don't know what it is. So can't really say either way about it. That's fair for number 10 for me, exorcist believer. Okay. <laughs> I just, I hope you're good. I hope you were a nice supplemental experience. I hope you're a nice appetizer. But the truth is, if the rest of these are entrees, you know, right, yeah. I hope you are a delicious plate of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> what is poor Blumhouse is, is turning into that meme that started years ago. Every house, like their top 10 list, it says every house at HHN is a great house. Blumhouse says Blumhouse. number 10. Yeah. Not you. <laughs> or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. This is, I was thinking the one to 10 list, but yeah, that grid too. Yeah. With the not you. Yeah. I'll be on there. Um, number nine, just because it's so unfair. It's just so unfair because of the vibe I get. It's it's the darkest deal. It's it's to me. It's saying spirits of the coven volume two, and that's not fair because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I just say it's not fair. Sometimes you go, it's fair. No, it's fair. <laughs> I understand. Um, actually, maybe a surprise to you. This one. They're going to have to nail the tone for me. Uh, Yeti Campground Kills. Okay, I can see that. I just think we've seen the Yeti a lot. They're going to have to do something interesting besides swapping up the location to make it distinct. This is funny. I just realized something on my list. Uh, a trend here. As What's I that? go into I go into number eight, I have Exorcist. Because, again, haven't seen it. Saw yeah. the trailer. Don't know anything about it. So far, three for three, because I have no idea what they are. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, number eight for me is actually one that is not low because I don't think it's going to be good. I just feel like they have almost an impossible expectation to meet. And we all have an idea of stuff we want to see in this house. And if something is missing, maybe it could lead to a little bit of initial disappointment. There's other things I'm looking for right I know. now. So I know at number eight, I have Stranger Things volume Oh, four. I thought it was going to be Oddfellas. Okay. No. Yeah. So my number seven is The Last of Us. 
And this is the last of the things that I don't know anything about. Everything else I know something about, and they've made my top six. I didn't realize that until now, looking at this list. Even That's... though I haven't seen, obviously, any of these houses, but I know something about them. I can, yeah. I can, my imagination can do something. My imagination can't do anything with the other four yet. Wow. That's... That's actually pretty interesting. Um, for number seven, for me, actually making a big jump up because it was the bottom of my list. <laughs> uh, check, uh, Chucky. Chucky, yeah, okay. Chucky, Chucky, <laughs> Chucky. Um, I just think the I, I've got to give them props. Like this is a creative take on what they're doing with the character, and I will say Universal has a history of doing that with the Chucky character. Okay. So I'm just really glad this is not a book report, but you know, whether it was the toy factory that we saw when Chucky but showed up for the first time. This is his first house. Yeah, his first ever <laughs> house. Um, I'm sure there's a meaning to that I somehow. Know, right? But it was like when they were like, for the first time ever, Michael Myers first, comes to the event. The first ever house, quote, he designed, unquote. Yeah, yeah. But Chucky, I got to give you props, dude. Like, you've climbed for me. You're still not the top because... There's a chance that something could go wrong, but yeah. <laughs> I'm actually rooting for you now. <laughs> That's hard to believe. Yeah. After complaining about him being on every piece of merch you bought. The I mean, I still years. stand by that. But yeah. <laughs> well, no, you're not wrong. Uh, my number six. Now, here we go. Of things I know about, the lowest of that is Yeti. Okay. Yeti, uh, what the heck is the whole thing? Campground Kills. That's nice. my number six. Uh, my number six is Blood Moon Dark Offerings. Okay. Uh, number five, which is... It's probably higher than it would have been had we done this. Uh, well, we wouldn't have known the other stuff, but uh, my guess would have been it would have been lower is Chucky as well, all because of the we've now taken it out of what I thought it was going to be, which was just representations of the past two years of the show and turned it into something completely different. So really was looking forward to it to begin with, but even more so now. In fact, I think it's this – I don't even really – wouldn't even like to see what my original idea was going to be at this point because this one sounds so much better. Yeah. Uh, number five for me, I actually have The Last of Us. Um, okay. It's just right in the middle of the pack. Like I said, there's a reason this connects with so many people. There's a reason that people are so excited for it. I just need to experience it for myself to see what makes it different from all the post-apocalyptic stuff we've seen previous. Mm, yes. Uh, number four, Dueling Dragons. Okay. And that's got potential to... Rise first night. I, it, it, I, this is one, it's well, all these top four uh, are highly anticipated. Now, I think if we had have done this, if I had known about the dual exits and the rotating endings, it might be easily higher. In fact, I'd say it would be, but I wrote this before learning that just a few minutes ago and. It's it's number four, which is still pretty high on a 10-house list. Yeah. Especially Halloween Horror Night house list. Big swap for you and I, because this is where I actually have the darkest deal at number four. Oof. I just okay. think that um, this has the most potential to excite me or disappoint me. Yeah, okay. And that's got it in a really fun spot right now. I'm rooting for you. I actually <laughs> really love the whole vibe that you're going for in this. And if you can do something twisted with it, if you can do this blues musician and his drag to hell basically <laughs> i think that's going to be cool yeah my reaction was i forgot how low it was i was like yeah that is a big switch between me yeah. and you. <laughs> number three and surprisingly that it's not number two nor well one, it can't be one let's 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 be real yeah it be honest so i'm surprised it's not number two dr Ed, oddfell's collection of horror because also my number three by the okay, way okay because that should i, I don't see why it wouldn't hit all the marks that I want, 
but if it fall if I if it falls short of my own expectations, that's my problem. My, my like I said, my fear is that if it has a Jack the Clown presence that's more well received than Oddfellows, they could do a big shift in the season. I don't want to see that, but I can't say that's a real fear because I haven't seen the house, so I don't yeah. know. And I trust them having made him the central identity of the event not to do that, but. Things do change. Right, you know? yeah. And the the main reason, this is the house that has climbed the most for me. When we started getting, you know, speculation and leaks and that sort of thing, I actually had this all the way down at number eight. Okay. It has climbed just from the audio podcast that we've gotten today, like the backstory. And it has climbed from the information that we've gotten about the house. I think just as an HHN fan, and particularly somebody that loves the HHN lore, I couldn't ask for much more than right. this. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's got me excited. It can be, I really hope it's a great house, but the truth is it could be a middle of the road house that adds something interesting to a story that I've cared about for so long. And it's going to elevate this one. I think so. That's yeah. my expectations. And I am pretty excited about just the presence of Oddfellow in this entire, entire event this year. Yeah. Number two, surprisingly, considering their last recording, I had, nothing to say about this is now stranger things Wow! because i just i think i know um i i think i know what's going to be in there i think i i in my head there's more than they could possibly fit in there yeah which means like uh, i just and all of it's all of it could be good because on the way they they do things and yeah the whole um vecna character especially his uh, i don't even know what you would say that that it's not a web, it's not a web, but that you know that that thing yeah, he's in. Yeah, yeah. I if that, if I don't see that, that's going to be my only disappointment. But I think they'll be able to pull that off somewhere in the house. And then I think the I think they have a real good potential of of matching the the cliffhanger at the at the end, but yeah. still keep it inside the park. No mannequins this time, right? Like yeah. no, <laughs> no, uh, no standstill scenes, please. Like the finale of season two was, but uh. Yeah, no, I think that's really good, and I'm just really excited. I think from my memory, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the highest Stranger Things has ever been for you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and this is the year, this is the season I think I've liked most. I like the first uh, season I liked like everybody else because it was just something new and uh, it, it was the whole 80s aesthetic and whatnot, but I really enjoyed this season, I think, most of all the four seasons, even yeah. though it's very teen-centric, but... I like Vecna. I like, like again, the story, the Russian storyline, which will not be in this house. I can't imagine it be in this house at all. Yeah. But the stuff that I liked most about it is, is probably not going to be in it. But I still, despite that, I'm still looking forward to this house because I think they're really going to pull it off. And I also kind of felt, um, bad, not, what's the word? Bad? Disappointed? I don't know what the word was. One was such a good house, especially with the Mind Flayer room and everything else. And then two was such not a good house. I like to see it return to its initial glory. Yeah. Of big sets, big surprises, maybe not big scares, but just big immersion. That's the word I'm looking for. Big immersion. Yeah. No, I think that's totally right. I, I'm definitely looking for big immersion. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, number two for me is something we're gonna talk about in just a minute. So I'll wait. But Universal Monsters <laughs> yeah. Unmasked. I want yeah. I want you to kick off because Okay. Yeah. I All think right. we talked about it the most by far, but there's still more to say about this. My number one, yeah, it's Universal Monsters. Universal Monsters is, is just my favorite thing when it comes to horror and Halloween. It's it's what started it for me. And I, I would have, again, you, I'd sit down with a, a pen and paper and start making 
team ups for houses. I would have never thought of these four, and I cannot wait to yeah. see these four. This sounds so much fun. And the fact that they're finally taking on the Invisible Man, that always seems to char- be the character they've kind of not messed with. Even the big one in 29, yeah. they, just, they didn't have a presence. And even Hollywood pulled it off to an extent. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of blacklight work, but they still did it. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. So now he's finally coming to join the fold of this era of Halloween Horror Nights, this this Universal Monsters era of Halloween Horror Nights. I, I can't wait. I it's what made me drop almost eight hundred bucks today in yeah. about six seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you got to look at some little minions, take yeah. your credit card. How, how long it took me to type in those sixteen numbers <laughs> is, is all is all it really took. Yeah, because I think our only illusion that we've gotten in Orlando for quite some time wasn't his like statue pedestal, the empty one. Yeah, something like that. I think. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> which was neat, but it was also like, oh, I guess we're not getting him yeah. in the south because was... I do that Hollywood version does not work for a full house. But I admire the hell out of the fact that they found a way to incorporate right. him. Yeah. Yep. And he was he did play keyboard at the Family Ghoul show too. Yeah, that's there. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a busy guy. <laughs> right. Um, COVID hit him hard, dude. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can you can hardly see. It's him. hard to get a vaccine when you can't see where you're putting a needle. <laughs> <laughs> Even the needles are frightened of me. Um, Yeah, this is going to be so cool. I cannot wait to see Universal Monsters. I I would say that I think this is the most surefire bet for me as far as like I haven't been disappointed by one of these houses yet. This is going to end up in my top three. Like it is what it is. I'm... I'm a susceptible sort to the the monster magic. And I just think you mentioned something which was like... these are not the creatures you would think of. It almost makes me mm-hmm. imagine that yeah. Universal has kind of, they've limited themselves in a way. That's almost like, you know, those like memes that you used to see where it's like build a concert. $5 would be for Dracula, Wolfman, and Frankenstein. No, right, yeah. $4 would <laughs> yeah. be the Invisible Man. And then it's like the Invisible Man costs 4 bucks, and then all the other characters it's, are like in the $2 <laughs> right, section. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. That's a good way to say that, yeah. But it just makes so much sense. It does. It really yeah. does. And it's going to be fun to see if they do a transformation scene. I'm saying scene loosely where you kind of – you turn – they have to do a lot of sharp corners where you're still seeing the same scene, but between partitions and mirrors and whatnot. You could see Dr. Jekyll in one one angle and that the next angle you see Mr. Hyde. That's, yeah. that's going to be fun to see how they incorporate that because I can't imagine they'd pick him – and not incorporate that some way. That just it would be weird to have one at one part and then the other at another and not have that change over between the two. Yeah, um, you're right. I totally hope we see that transformation. Yeah, I think we're going to see something. I think it's going to be clever and I think it's going to be fun. And he's going to be scary. Yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is still one of those classic stories that it is. does yep. kind of get under my skin. Um, <laughs> you okay. should definitely go and watch the original. It's... The one of the uh, it's either the original or the second, but um, the 1930s version was one of the only horror films to ever win an Oscar, oh, which really? is incredible for like best picture. Okay, so that's cool. Go check that out, even though I don't think that's universal. I, I don't think it wrong. is, which is surprising to see him in this as well. Yeah, um, very good though. Yeah. I watched that for the first time not too long okay. ago. Um, number one for me is Dueling Dragons yeah. Choose Thy Fate. I've really laid it out. I've talked about why I'm so excited for this. And it just really comes down to this is something I've been asking for. And I think that not only tying it into the lore of Islands of Adventure, 
on top of giving me big dragons and on house, <laughs> like that is really cool. And I'm really excited to see this thing. I, I really can't say anything besides I think they're going to pull it off. Yep. I, it's going to be, a, it looks like it's shaping up to be a good year, mainly because there's like a couple contenders for my favorite house without the sight unseen. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, the, the other ones we I just don't know about. Um, done well. I say this every year. Done right, they could be. It just could be a knockout year. There's just so, there's so so much to look forward to, and the whole odd fellow thing with the scare zones is just. I, I it was sort of a surprise because even when the speculation and rumors are as heavy as they were this year, you still don't know until Universal says this is what's happening. So yeah. to get the get the confirmation, put a different excitement onto it. So I, I. Yeah, um, I, I I can always I, I'm always surprised how excited I am after going for so many years at yeah. this point in the game. I always am, and I am again, like I was every other year since I've been going. Matt, my only regret about this season is that I, at this point, I kind of wish I did an Unmasking the Horror tour this year. Like yeah, there is okay. so much here where I'm like. I really want to see these things. So yeah, I might okay. take a look. Um, for those curious, just real quick, I, I looked it up because I, I didn't want to leave you guys on a bad note. Um, not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Spencer Tracy and oh. Ingrid Bergman, <laughs> but I am talking about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde um, starring Frederick March. Uh, this was from the 1930s and uh, 1932 specifically. It recently got restored. They've added in like 20 minutes of footage that had to be cut back way in the day. It's really cool, and the transformations are incredible. Whether or not you think you've seen this, you've definitely seen this image oh, yeah, of yeah, Mr. Yeah. Hyde. Oh, yeah, yep. This is the definitive version. Go check it out. Or watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I'll leave it up to you. <laughs> <laughs> Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, yeah. Matt, I think, I think we're done. I think so. I think we are. I'm actually looking at... Oh, there's tons of... Why... why? Where did the rumors start that the unmasking tours were sold out? They are not. Oh, I think it's out. just no, not that it's sold out, but I wish I wish I would have had the foresight to go ahead and book it. No, I know you didn't say it, but I heard a rumor that they were sold out. Maybe well, it's only for key days. From. Oh yeah, there's some days sold out, but it's not it's it's nowhere near sold out. Yeah, I kinda wanna know what's on the six house tour, what's on the three house yeah. tour. <laughs> because if you're telling me I can see dueling dragons and monsters. Right. That's and Oddfellow, oh, that would go. be yeah. that would be enough to get me in there. Yeah. But uh yeah. That's all I've got, man. All right. Yeah. That's all I got too, until opening night, which is I it's still a month away. That's usually it's well, that's because it is. It's usually closer to well, I say that. Here's a question. I didn't even consider this. Do you think they dropped it earlier than normal because it's starting earlier than it ever has this year? It's highly possible. I just thought of that. It, it might be. I bet if I did a calendar match, it's probably the same general amount of time between the full reveal and the opening night. Yeah. I didn't even think to check that. Okay. So it's, it's probably the same amount of time that I'm always waiting. It's really highly possible that uh they're just looking at where they're like hey we are four weeks away from the event drop everything yeah that could be it um it's hard to tell but uh regardless like i said i am glad because it's it's made things a little easier for us today <laughs> yeah all right well that oh you know what that's not it there's something i wanted to do because 
you put the call out and some people actually took the time to respond. So oh, really? Get here. In fact, I'm far behind on something I did a a call a call to action to that I, I kind of forgot about until I saw these. So let me let me get this up here. You last episode, you actually put the call out saying, "Hey, we, we haven't gotten a five star rating in a while. If you you know got the time and you like the show, please stop by and do it." We got two new ratings since our last re- two new reviews since our last recording, and thought I'd share those with you. That's quick. awesome. So first one says from its title is "Longtime Listener" by Thomas from Public. Says, "Hey, oh, <laughs> Matt and Hunter, hey. I've been listening to this podcast for very long, way back when it was Matt, Quint, and Karen. This is my go-to HHM podcast to listen to episodes from past years when I was a." From when I was a guest to when I began a career being a scare actor. Fast forward, now this is still my go-to Horror Nights podcast. Every episode just gets better and better. These are the nicest guys to meet and just have a casual conversation with. Hunter and Matt, keep doing what you're doing. I look forward to every episode you guys drop. See you in the fogs. I'm Thomas Barnett. And I, I run into Thomas... Like it feels like once every three years, you know, it's, it's such yeah. a, a weird timing thing. It's like a couple of seasons go by. I don't see him. And then spam, we meet up. And was it last year or the year before we saw him on our way out of something and we were actually on a break between houses opening night and we got to talk to him. I don't know if that was last year or the year before. Do you remember? I can't, uh, unfortunately I cannot. I, it's one of it's one of the past two years. Yeah, so, but we came out, we saw him. So, uh, so if it was two years ago, we're due for another run in with him. Soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let us know. Uh, the other one was um, it says my HHN podcast by Flannel Freak says. Oops, there's more. Hold on. It says you guys. Hey guys, you asked for a review since it's since you hadn't had one recently. So I figure I'd share and let you let the others know how awesome you all are. Over the course of the last year and a half, I've gone through and listened to every episode and learned so much about the history of HHN Orlando. I moved to Central Florida in March of 2022 and immediately got hooked on everything about HHN. I found your podcast and didn't want to stop listening until I got all the way through. Matt, I'm glad you kept kept the podcast running. We're able to hand it off to Hunter after the history was all cut up. Maybe Quint can come back for an episode sometime for old time's sake. Maybe you guys can have an instant reaction podcast with his reaction to the at the event when it comes this year. Oh well, we missed out on that suggestion, but yeah. we should. We, I, I think getting him on for something would be pretty easy. If I we think do a fun ha- just having as yeah. a fan yeah. of the podcast, getting you two together to talk yeah. about the event would be a treat for me and everybody <laughs> and else. It would be easy. He would do that. Yeah, and they conclude with thanks for everything. They have thanks for everything. Oh, Thanks for everything you all do. Keep it up, fellas. And then that reminded me when we did, this feels like ages ago, but it was just a few months ago, we did our Halloween Horror Nights traditions. And I said, let us know yours. And we got a couple of those too. And one was also Thomas. That's what oh, made nice. me remind, it, remind me. So let me find those real quick. So, annual traditions, hey, Matt and Hunter, this is Thomas Barnett, not sure if you guys remember, but me and my fiance ran into you, okay, last year, that was last year, there's okay. our answer, um, when you're on your tour, anyways, let's listen to your latest episode, and Matt, okay, the, everything that we just said that, a few traditions I did before going to opening night of HHN, now, this is before Spotify, but I'd had, have every year's HHN album that Cody from HHN would make, and I'd put those on shuffle and to get in the mood. And like Hunter said, I would pop in my copy of the Art of the Scare documentary to get me even more excited. Yeah. 
anything I would do to store and uh, store and get Friday newspaper just for the calendar section. <laughs> he kind of wraps up here. He says, also wanted to piggyback on what Hunter said. Uh, Catagomes is my OG HHN podcast before all the other ones. I truly enjoy every single episode Matt, Quentin, Karen did, just like he said in his review. And thanks us again. Um, and he'd love to be on the show one day. Well, that, that, that I think that's something him and I t- that's another thing that comes up with us like every three years because mm-hmm. I wanted to do a series and that's something we could talk about. There's a lot of like sub genre things we wanted to do. One of the ones I've always wanted to do was to get people that I know have been long term fans and just get how they got started. So that's, that's another iron in the fire. The other feedback we got was from a uh, Matt Mills says, hi, catacombs. Uh, we wanted to reach out and say we love the show. We look forward to our yearly coverage of our favorite haunt event. Listening to your podcast is one of our HHN traditions. We also wanted to introduce ourselves. We are a new HHN vlog on YouTube, although we've been going to the event off and on since 0304. We didn't decide to start vlogging until a few months ago. Your podcast, as well as the 365 gang, have provided us with the inspiration we need to grab some beer and start discussing our favorite haunt event. That's um, awesome. Pretty ironic since we... Oh, you still have beer in your glass. I just finished mine. Okay. Keep up the good work and give us a view sometime. Cheers. And their channel is called Blood and Guts HHN. And that's from Adam and Mike. So Ah, thank you. Come across them. Good stuff. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Sorry sorry for the really, really, really late acknowledgement of those emails. I honestly totally forgot about that call to action and getting those emails until I saw those reviews. And thank you... For those reviews and thank everyone, of course, as always, for listening and your support, no matter what you do to to help the, help the show live yeah. on after what the heck year is this? This is the eighth year, ninth year, long time. Second, yeah. second, second longest running show on the is third. Sorry, third for about the gravies. And I will say this: I um, I, I I am kind of a for for as big of a personality as I kind of am behind <laughs> the mic. I. You know, I am very friendly, but I am a little shy sometimes. <laughs> so if you are somebody that we just happen to bump into and you want to say, hey, feel free. I can't tell you how many times Matt and I have gotten recognized, not because of what we look like, but because just talking our voice, yeah. and having conversations. So if you are one of those folks, please come say hi, because I, I am shy, but... I want to say hi to all of you, and I know Matt's the same way. I've got, yeah, absolutely. I've gotten recognized by my voice more last year than any other season before. It was really it happened weird. happened with us together a yeah. couple of times. And I think that yeah. has a lot to do with it. I think, I think I'm probably getting recognized. They seem to approach me before you. You're more approachable. I guess. I don't know I think why. I'm, all the yeah, tattoos, yeah, I'm scared. Maybe, yeah. But yeah. I think I think the fact that your voice is accompanying mine is what making making it's mine stand pairing. out more than... Yeah, yeah, the pairing. There you go. Yep, yeah. yep. I am uh, cheese, you are crackers. <laughs> or maybe you're a nice drink and I'm cheese and maybe. crackers. Who knows? Um, either way, we dry each other out. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I know I'm a little shy sometimes, but HHN is somewhere that we all go to just have a ton of fun. And I would love to meet more of you as, as time goes on. Yep, but absolutely. Yeah, thank you all for taking the time for to write in. It is one of those things where... I record because I want to, and I'm very grateful to be in this spot with Matt, one of my best friends. And I know he records because he loves it as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it, sometimes it does, you know, you wonder, you know, you, you see the numbers, but you, you kind of lose the faces and you're wondering yeah. who's listening and just <laughs> yeah. reaffirming that and getting contact with you all through reviews or emails or comments. Like 
that helps me reconnect and figure out, okay, wow, people genuinely enjoy this. And and that yeah. pushes me forward. And just thank you guys for taking the time to do that. Yeah. There's a, it's, it, I've, I've said this with every show that I'm, that I do. It's, it's always a labor of love. We, we've always done this for fun. We've never done this for any kind of, of gain. And the, when you do something for a labor of love, the keyword in that phrase is labor. So when you see that it means something to someone else, no matter what, whether it made them laugh or they learned something or they just, uh, uh, liked what they heard goes so far into keeping the motivation going. Cause I like to do it, but there are times when it's like, if, 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 if I knew for a fact, no one was listening, I, there's just some days I'd be like, I'm just not going yeah. to do, why, why bother? But so, so no. that little bit of acknowledgement as small as it is goes so far. And I think it had, I think that, hap- that, that's, that happens for a lot of hobbyist podcasters yeah. too. And that's something that, you know, we're very grateful for the community that's kind of sprung up around HHN in mm-hmm. general. It was really cool. You know, catacombs for me and I imagine a lot of you listening was your introduction to that. And Matt, Quint, Karen, we're all, incredibly grateful for that. Just the fact that so many of you have kept us in your HHN rotation, even with all the new shows and everything that have come out that, you know, upload more regularly or, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) We're here because we love talking to you guys. And uh, on my end, I just know Catacombs has that legacy that I I want to continue and, and uphold. And I'm just grateful Matt gets to join me along with it. But the point being is, whether or not you listen to just the show, or I know most of you listen to all of the shows about <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights, just thank you for making us part of your HHN, not only season, but HHN year. That is incredibly cool to me, and I hope that doesn't come off as like false genuine or anything, but from the bottom of my heart, like genuinely, as we head into this season, uh, just incredibly grateful yep. for, for everyone who checks out the show. So thank you guys. Yes. All right, I guess that's it. I will say this was the most uh I is unprepared the word I, I was not I, I wasn't prepared to talk about this much on our next recording. I really thought we were gonna get um one one or two more isolated releases and everything else. So this was kind of cool. This was a this is a this is a first for me. I I they developed a pattern that I thought I knew. It's nice to see that in the years I've been doing the show, in the years I've been going, something you never know what to expect yeah. all the time. So this has been pretty <laughs> cool. It's been a pretty cool day. That's what I want to say. Yeah, for yeah. sure. This is um, this is always just an incredibly special day because it is a lot like Christmas. Where even though we haven't unwrapped the gifts yet, yeah. <laughs> all the presents are underneath the tree. Right. <laughs> and that's the part. We are looking at the wrapping paper trying to figure out what's inside right now. We just opened our parents' closet and found everything they bought for Christmas. Now we just have to wait to it, it. Maybe that's even <laughs> in the, you know, I went for the wholesome yeah, version. You, right, went, yeah. you little devilish yeah, minx. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is, this is incredibly cool. And um, hopefully we've just given you a bit of information or, you know, Reread the same thing you you probably read thousands <laughs> exactly, of times. Yeah. With, we know, just put our, our commentary input. in it. You're yeah. If if you've been a follower of the show, no doubt you're most anticipating our Universal Monsters reaction, and, and then maybe you threw some surprises in there for you as well. <laughs> so yeah, whatever it was, whatever you got out of it. Of course, thank you for listening. If if you 
thought of something in all of our speculation, our ideas, and just things that that we're looking forward to, we haven't mentioned, shoot us an email, cohn at neozaz.com. I promise I won't let them sit for five months this time. Uh, you can, uh, if you want to join in on that uh, uh, updating reviews and, and letting us know how you feel about the show, we'd love to read those as well. So on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, I think at this point we're on everything just by the way the internet works. Rest in peace, Stitcher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny. Almost every Neo's Ad show in the credits says, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm yeah. like, I have to re-record 30 oh, outros no. now. You should just keep it. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's the No one listens to that after the first one anyway, <laughs> so. Um, there was something else I was going to throw in there. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Um, Twitter, is, I guess my Twitter is back to life now, but that is... Your ex account is... Yeah, or whatever you call it. It's That, that is... Uh, pr- I'm probably going to be on there to the end of the season and go away again, so you can follow me at News as on there. It's it's going to be really late. The, the older I get, the closer I get to HHN dad jokes. I'm sorry. It's just the way my, my sense of humor is going, but if you want to see that, that's there. And of course, NewsAz.com, which is about to relaunch with a new look new no new features or whatnot but just easier way to get get to the show it's a lot more organized than the new the site is now and we got some new stuff coming very soon going into spooky season so check that out all that's at neozaz.com this show all the other shows we do and some new stuff coming very soon hunter what about you yeah, so if you want to keep up with me, the best place to do that is on Instagram and Letterboxd. If you like movies, you can find me at Diz Vincent Price. That's D-I-S Vincent Price. You can also find me on this show right here, as well as my home podcast, Grim Grinning Hosts, a tribute to all things pop culture, but usually theme parks. Just did a whole episode about the Hatbox Ghost and uh, my issues with that. <laughs> Your issues so, with that? <laughs> oh, man, it's a mess. I'm crying in the mic. Um, Disorder Every Disney Film. We just did some of my favorite movies of all time with Curse of the Black Pearl and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But uh, I'm actually announcing for the first time officially that... Uh, one of my shows is officially joining the Neo's As Podcast Network. You can expect to hear the first handful of episodes. There should be three of them oh, wow. okay. available for you on September 1st. It's called Horrors from the Vault, a Tales from the Crypt podcast. I'm joined by two of my best friends, Preston and Dan, who you've heard on Grim Grinning House. Um, and we are going to be looking back at HBO's Tales from the Crypt and the full anthology order. So every single season... You're watching them in order? Watching them in okay, order that's and what covering them about. in order. Okay. We so are, you're starting with the, the Bill Sadler, Jail Warden one or whatever that is? Yeah. That's, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah. They're all there. We're okay. going to be talking about every single one of those. We're, the main inspiration for us was that there's so much creative talent that went into this series. I mean, Richard Donner, Robert Zemeckis, some incredibly high-profile actors and directors. It's just absolutely insane. We're going to be talking about the comic inspiration, the creative team involved, the episode itself. We're going to be covering all of this. I put a Crypt Keeper in my home (laughs) to be excited for this. Um, I'm just, this has been, if if you were a friend of mine, I've talked to Matt about this for years. I've been trying to get this show off the ground for maybe about five years. (laughs) About as long as I've known you. I love Catacombs. I love Disorder. I love GGH. This is my first attempt at a weekly show. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, incredibly excited to talk about HBO's Tales from the Crypt. Once again, that's called Horrors from the Vault. 
You can see that on the NeoZaz network uh, on September 1st. So the first day of HHN, you can check out our show. Which one was the Robert Zemeckis one, the Humphrey Bogart one, or is that so one of his? He directed actually the All Through the House, which is Santa Claus, the oh, second okay. ever episode. Oh, all right. But he was an executive producer for the whole series. Oh, okay. There was some famous director that did the Humphrey Bogart one. I can't remember who it was. I would have to look up. I'm just curious. I remember that one being really ambitious. Didn't quite live up to my expectations. I think my expectations were too high. One of my favorite episodes just celebrated. I believe it's 30th or 31st anniversary. And that's actually the one where Superman, the original Superman, he uh, opens a diner. And oh God, okay. uh, there he cooks the human meat. It's cool. <laughs> it's a fun episode. Um, but yeah. Original, who do you mean original Superman? The original Superman? Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about... Um, Shit, what's his name? Christopher Reeve. Okay. <laughs> Christopher like, Reeve. <laughs> I was like, they did not do the other guy, George Reeve. No, I was like, no, he, no, was, no. he was well dead before that. <laughs> so I, I don't know why I blanked on the name there, but <laughs> yeah. I figured saying Superman, maybe I should have just said Christopher Reeve. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Christopher Reeve. It's a very fun episode. Uh, and if you need those links, hit me up. I got you. But uh, <laughs> yes. It is. Robert Zemeckis did do the Humphrey Bogart episode. I oh, that's it up. fun. Okay. He's always hey, been very yeah. ambitious with all his stuff. He was, this was, he did Forrest Gump, right? Before I say something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think this was fresh off Forrest Gump. And because of all the integration of like JFK, the Beatles and that stuff, I think my expectations were way high for the interaction with Humphrey Bogart. They got that HBO budget, but not that movie. That's budget. exactly what it was. Yeah. 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 That was the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's coming soon. That was one yeah. of the things I was alluding to coming soon to the, network so there you go there you have it so hot takes right. episode coming yeah soon. we got yeah oh my god oh i just had uh, people are so uninterested at this point in what we're saying but <laughs> i just had um I, I grabbed a pack of wings from um Publix the other night and i went through my hot sauces our hottest ones and this happens with hot sauce they get hotter with age they yeah. are so hot <laughs> this is like a new generation of Oh, Hot takes. Oh my God. This is going to be, this is going to be rough. I, and I did not touch the mega ultra death, whatever the hell that name was oh, called. I can't wait. <laughs> Nick from Fear and Beer, we're coming for you. We'll be hitting that soon. And then also, Matt and I are going to talk about, uh, I think we wanted to do 10 of our favorite retro Halloween commercials or yes, interstitials yeah, like before yeah. season kicks off. So maybe the end of next month. The point being is every end of the episode, we talk about all the things we've got coming down the line. We actually have a plan this yes, time. Yes, we so do. Yes. We yep. will be back very soon. Yes. All right. On that note, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you in that next episode. Oh shit. What's the uh, phrase? Uh, stay foggy, everybody. Stay foggy. Stay foggy. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a NeoZaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright Universal Studios or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at NeoZaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at NeoZaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening.